Go beyond the superficial. Go beyond the noise. And Hype delivers business knowledge gained from developing and manufacturing hundreds of products. Working with high-growth entrepreneurs from all over the world. Focus skills and passion into innovative ideas. Take control. Become the engineer of your own life. Transform product ideas into business realities. This is And Hype. Transform your product idea into a business reality. My name is Callie Keen, and this is End Hype. All right, today I want to talk about increasing the average order value of your business because winning products can still lose money. Here's a little story, kind of what's pushed me into creating this episode. I've seen product businesses struggling even when, by all outward appearances, they're winning. They have a great product. It's unique in the marketplace. Customers love it. It's selling. They've got great marketing strategies. The copy looks great. The ads look great. The ads are working and it's driving traffic. Their conversion rate on the landing page looks great. They've done studies on who's clicking where and how much of the content people are reading, what the bounce rate is, all those little metrics, all those little optimization pieces. And they're still not really at the end, the net net game of everything. They're not really making money because they're being held hostage to costs from social ads, costs from overhead, and uh, you know a number of factors just eating into the profitability of their business. With ad costs rising, low cost, low margin products are looking even less desirable. Right. And I know I've been ranting about premium products forever. It's something that I really, really believe in is that you should sell not just great products, but you should sell a premium product, especially if you're just starting because it forces you to build a brand. I'd rather make 20% of $1,000 than 20% of $5 just because my time is the same for fulfilling it working with that client, working with returns, working all, so much of the overhead, so much of the customer acquisition costs is the same. We'll get into that a little bit. We'll definitely talk about premium products. But look, from e-commerce to retail, there's a single metric that can show me massive insights leading to revenue growth, whether we're talking about something I'm doing, a client, just talking to a friend about what they're doing. I look at their average order value and I can match it up to a few of these strategies that we'll talk about today. And I will see the levers. I'll see the pieces that we need to tweak or where we can tweak. And this is this is one of the most important or insightful metrics that uh, we have in a product-based business. Let's get into it a little bit. So, I mean, if you have an e-commerce store, you got to listen. Even if you don't sell products, you should listen. These strategies really will help any business where a customer places an order. This is similar to how in our manufacturing business, I would rather have somebody come in, place a large order versus a small order. Why? Because scheduling is the same. Ordering the material is the same. Discussing and planning out with the team. It's the same for a $500 order or a $500,000 order, You know, plus or minus a little bit more work, but not really proportional to the revenue. The setup is the same. So much of the overhead is the same for a small order as it is a big order. So you have a services business, you can think of this too. Average order value links to a lot of elements of health. Instead of just looking at how many orders that we have, how many customers we've created, we can look at by proxy what our potential profitability will be or if we can increase profitability. Because if you're not using any of these strategies, I'm going to tell you, you have 
massive opportunity right now. I just want to run through some of my top points. The first is product portfolio. We're going to talk about how we utilize shipping in a different way. We're going to talk about bundling. We're going to talk about referrals. Of course, we're going to talk about premium products because, hey, why not? Kind of my thing. But you have to care about average order value. We can't just pass it over. For nothing else is this, is entrepreneurs kind of have that shiny ball chasing syndrome, right? We're going to hear about the latest marketing strategy. We're going to hear about a Shopify plugin. We're going to hear about something to tweak, change, improve, optimize in our business. And if you implement it, average order value gives us a metric to see if these strategies are actually working. If you do something, yes, you can look at the total number of orders. Like, hey, did the total number of orders increase? Great. But if you look at the average order value, we're going to know and be able to project this is what more traffic will do. If you aren't using these strategies, you're really missing a huge opportunity. But if you're selling a product that's $25 or less and you're relying on ads, I'm just pretty doubtful that you're making money. If I can take your business and when customers come in and instead of them spending $23, I can change that to $53, you're going to make money. That's really why you should care about average order value is a huge, huge thing to change. And the strategies to change it are pretty easy. But from my discussions with people, a lot of entrepreneurs just don't do it. Let's get into it. The first thing, talk about product portfolio, stop offering a single product. I know that you you launch a business. This happens to a lot of more on the inventor side or the innovation side. People launch a business and they have one product. If one thing that they're going to go to market with that whole business is going to be supported one, one leg, one revenue stream. When you do that, yes, you can have initial success, but you are at extreme risk to competition, copycats, just fickle market trends. People could just decide that you're not cool anymore. And then that's the end of it. You need to have more products to sell, not just random things or trending things. Then you're, you're still right back there. You're forced to compete. You're at the behest of fickle market trends. Again, if you use the strategies that we've outlaid, the strategies that I outlay in previous episodes of the podcast, where we understand what the transformation, what the actual need is of a customer. And we realize that lots of products will help facilitate that change, facilitate that emotion, that feeling that they're trying to get to allow them to transform between state A to state B in their life, we know that it's not just that one thing that we've invented, but lots of things. Some of those things already exist. That's why we have the traction product strategy. You can cross-sell, upsell, downsell other people's products, white label products, private label products, simple custom products. You should be adding complementary products to your offering so it's easy for customers to spend more money. So it's just natural. It will also facilitate all these other little strategies that I'm going to talk about because you can implement things like free shipping. You can implement things like bundling. You can do so much if you have more than the one thing, but you're at extreme risk for the single product. And yeah, if people hit your page and they're, it just puts you at such a disadvantage. If you don't have any development money, if you don't have any more time, if you have to get to market, just look at how you can collaborate and maybe you can 
attach other people's products. Maybe you can attach just very, very simple things, private label or white label products, but you need to create supporting SKUs. So when somebody adds a product to their cart, it can just suggest other things to buy. It's very, very simple. If you've ever bought anything from Amazon, if not, I'm pretty surprised, but most people quite frequently purchase things from Amazon. If you've ever purchased something from Amazon, they do this really well. If you click on the page, it suggests other things. If you add it to your cart, it suggests other things that you might want to purchase with it. If you purchase something, they hit you again, constantly giving you purchased opportunities. Hey, did you buy this? This thing goes to this. Oh, you bought that? Have you tried this? Oh, you bought this book? Well, people frequently purchase this book, this book, and this book. They're constantly attaching other products together, right? Cross-selling, upselling. And uh, we can even, if if we use something like ClickFunnels or a similar system, we can even do things like downsell. Hey, I'm going to give you this one-time offer to purchase this additional product at 20%. That's upsell. No, thank you. Hey, limited time for only $5, you're going to get this. So going down, if we study what's going on in the information market, in the coaching market, and transport that technology, those techniques over into the product and services market... There is a huge gap there. I was just talking to my buddy about this. In the coaching world, it's so competitive and so saturated that people offering the solutions, they've created very mature, very complex strategies, the funnels, the way the email sequences work, the way that they hit you at different places. So having you join Facebook groups, getting you on SMS, it's at such a level of maturity compared to how people are selling products through their e-commerce stores. I'm not saying go out there and harass the daylights out of your customer. I'm saying, look at what other people do and how they win in an ultra-saturated market. How can we take some of that technology, humanize it a little bit, but how can we take pieces of that and use it to increase their sales? But if you don't want to get that down into the into the nitty gritty like that. You don't want to get really into the dirt and look at what people are doing. Just look at what Amazon's doing. They're easily the king of cross-sell, upsell of the products because they have infinite products instead of just you know a single thing. So stop offering single products. Even if you have nothing, go find someone that's selling something and sell that too. Lots of ways of collaboratively combining other people's products into your offering. I really, really want to drive this point home. Very, very hard to grow and optimize without mapping out multiple products. So let's get on to this free shipping thing. Look, stop losing money on free shipping. I know consumers are addicted to free shipping. You have to offer free shipping to compete. People are just used to it, right? They have Amazon Prime. Look at that. Two mentions of Amazon in one podcast not sponsored, I swear, but people are addicted to it. Uh, They want to see it. They expect to see it. So instead of just offering it to them and losing money on shipping, should require some level, some threshold, shipping threshold. What that's going to do is it's going to incentivize the behavior that you want. It's going to encourage customers to hit some minimum purchase level. And again, if you have multiple products, it makes it really easy. So I saw something really cool the other day with just, it's just a bar. And as you fill up your cart, it just shows that bar, how close you are to getting free shipping. I've seen similar things of, this is how far you are to getting a free gift, but free shipping 
it is the nature of the industry right now. So if we can offer free shipping, but increase our order value, you're not losing as much money, right? So it's a pretty simple thing. You need to, again, have more products. And I'm going to show you a really simple way to do that. If you don't, this is, you could implement this immediately. You can implement it tomorrow if you want. I want you to steal from McDonald's. We're not going to like take a happy meal and uh, start selling it on our website or anything like that. Probably don't offer burgers and fries, but we can steal a little tactic from McDonald's. I always think of this. I think of the value meal because they're combining the product that you want. It's the hot product, right? They're combining the Big Mac, but they're combining it with the highest margin product, which is the fries and the drink automatically. So they don't have to upsell you. They don't have to ask you anymore. Would you like fries with that? Which was a strategy, an upsell strategy. It's a classic business school case study or example of upselling. They don't even have to do that anymore because they bundle. I'm a huge, huge advocate of bundles because even if you offer a single product, just offer three of them. And maybe you have different flavors of that product, but maybe you don't. Maybe people can just save by, by buying three of them. Customers get discounts. Maybe they automatically hit that free shipping mark. You increase your margin because your relative fulfillment costs, overhead costs, and customer acquisition costs, right? The amount that you paid for ads, it's a smaller piece relative to the amount of money that they've spent. If it costs you 20 bucks every time you want to get a customer and they spend $50, your margins are razor thin because you probably had to spend money to buy the product, right? probably have to pay yourself and your team and you pay somebody to fulfill it. And all those little pieces, all of a sudden you have razor thin margins, but if you can get them to spend a hundred dollars, you're not replicating those costs. All those overhead costs are the same and the customer acquisition costs are the same. So the rest is just your bill of materials costs or your, what your actual products costs are. And then it's margin. You can instantly grow your profitability of your business very quickly. If you don't have those supporting SKUs, just bundle it with itself. I like more uh, strategic bundles. Maybe we've gotten into this a little bit in the past, but I'd love to do a whole episode just on how we're utilizing bundling right now. The primary strategy is instead of just doing something simple like buy three, get one free, or buy, you know, buy three for 20% cheaper, what we're doing is we're creating a specialized box that's thematic. So it might solve a problem or it's it's like, hey, it's this is your day at the races, or it's it's thing that fits into the universe of the customer's experience. So we call them experience boxes. We put those products that we want in the box as a bundle. But really what's been putting it over the top is that I'm pushing clients to also reach out into their network to brands that they respect, that their customers respect, and include other people's products inside that box. So a little bit of collaboration. So instead of doing a custom product collaboration, we do a thematic box. We do a experience box and we collaborate with one or more brand leaders in the space. Really cool. Get to share lists. We get to have access to those people's customers. They get to have access to our customers. We do a fun little project, but this does all of the things that we're looking at. It doesn't offer a single product. They're going to get free shipping. It bundles it up. It's also highly brandable. We can build a whole campaign around it. 
increases average order value. It also brings in customers with lower customer acquisition costs because we're getting a referral from somebody else's customers. We're borrowing audience from somebody that already has customers. So my fourth piece is lowering customer acquisition costs or CAC with referrals because part of the driving requirement for average order values to increase is because people are spending so much damn money on acquiring customers, spending a lot of money on ads or whatever marketing efforts that they have. When if you can improve your referrals, you don't pay any of that. So if you're paying $20 to acquire a customer, if you paid $0, that $20, you get to put it in your pocket. We can look at similar optimizations for overhead costs, like outsourcing fulfillments, outsourcing customer service, in some cases, bringing that inside depending, uh, inventory optimization, lots of really nerdy things to get those extra percentages. But net promoter score is my favorite business metric. How many people that are your customers came in because somebody actually referred them? So NPS, net promoter score, just like a fancy industry way of saying, hey, how many people are referred? If, if every time I acquire a customer, I get a 10% chance to so one out of 10, I get another customer for free. That drives down my total marketing costs relative to my revenue, which is the same equivalent of average order value going up. So what if your CAC was zero? What if the majority of your new customer purchases came from referrals instead of marketing? If you look at the average order value and in my head, I'm always looking at that and saying, yes, that's that's the value, but minus CAC, minus overhead, minus this, minus that. So if we can take a piece out of that equation, it does something very similar for us. But there's lots of ways to hack referrals. The biggest one is just asking people to do it. We're promoting and facilitating user-generated content for people unboxing the product or applying or using the product ways of them creating content around that and just putting on their social channels. Of course, that works. That's what lots of brands want. But something simple like, hey, you can get X percentage off on your next order if you refer a friend or refer a friend and, and they'll get a special gift put in their name and we'll send them a special gift. And you get that person, you get their address, you get their email address, you send them a little thing. There's lots of ways of playing with this for your business. And one of the most interesting implementations that I've seen for this was buy one, give one. People purchase a product and instead of getting a percentage off, they get to gift one to a friend. And what was interesting is you have a $50 product and then for, let's say, $90, they buy one, gift one, and then we send it to a new person. So not only is it a referral but it's a, paid, it's a paid referral. So we get paid to acquire a new customer. This came as a result of one of our thought experiments where we ask opposite questions. Instead of saying, how can we lower customer acquisition costs? I have a lot of strategies around how could we get paid to acquire a new customer? How could we have somebody say, take this customer off our hands or here is a new customer. Hey, here's a purchase for someone else or uh, you only pay every time you acquire a customer. How can you eliminate CAC from the equation? And referrals and strategies around referrals are one of those, those leading things. But this allows us to not only bundle, 
but acquire customers for a positive amount instead of a negative. So in general, without hacking it that far, think about how can you lower your customer acquisition costs? Because if you can get those referrals, it's doing the same equivalent thing for you as increasing AOV, but you're getting customers. This is the whole point. We're trying to grow businesses. So we're trying to look at this from a logical, strategic way instead of just randomly spending more money on ads or randomly developing products that nobody wants to purchase. My final one, I'm very adamant about this. People sell products that even if they are successful, they're such a waste of time that they would have to scale to hundreds of thousands of units before they could build the team where they really could personally profit from that product. If you're selling something, in my experience, right? You could have a different experience. You you might have figured out something that I haven't figured out. But in my experience, if you're selling something that's under $20, $25, it is very difficult to make money. Very difficult to make a reasonable amount of money. It just so many of the overhead costs are fixed to the actual order, not to the actual costs, not to the actual order value. If you look at it and putting a thing in a box, and I've done campaigns where I personally shipped things, my business partners shipped things. If we did it, I realized this really quickly. This is why people that run e-commerce businesses out of their garage or their basement or their back office, and they ship their own packages, they can never win. They can't. It's just, it's such a difficult thing if they don't have this team because the cost of putting a $10 thing in a package for you in your time, even the cost of the box, the cost of printing the label, even the cost of shipping, it's the same as if that was a $500 item. Sell expensive things and your overhead costs become such a small percentage of the actual value that you have, your margin doesn't just evaporate into nothing. So selling premium products, it's more than just a pricing strategy. It's a business strategy. I think it gives you room to make amazing products that are brandable, that are ownable, that are worth sharing and worth remembering. But more importantly, it makes you think about your business in those terms. It means mastering what customers actually value and playing on perceived value versus just, hey, this product costs about 20 bucks to make. So if I multiply it by four or five times, let's let's try 99 bucks. And we know that we can discount to 80 bucks. And that's about right. So let's try that. How much more difficult is it to develop a product that is premium versus developing a product that is cheap? And I'll tell you that it's not. It's not that much more difficult to make amazing products that sell for twice as much as the competition. It's definitely easier to make that than it is to make something that's half the price of competitors. If they could make it cheaper, they would. But making things that are the same, it's it's not comparable, right? It's not it's not a comparable strategy to say, I want to come in here and I want to do it cheaper than somebody who's already been running this business for a long time, or I want to compete on features and benefits versus brand perceived value, emotion, and powerful things. It's just terrible business. So when people are starting, I really push this direction. We can go with all of these strategies and I can give you a list of like a hundred other similar strategies or plugins for your Shopify page or ways that you're 
page should be laid out or the way that your messaging should be. The, like all These are all like 1% solutions, small things that most people focus on these because there's a plugin for it or there's a little paper on it. But the big ideas that really push your business really far forward are over here. Mastering your connection with a customer, connecting to real transformational change in their life, something that's emotional and powerful. If you fulfill that, somebody's going to share. If you fulfill that, they're going to provide social proof. They're going to take pictures of it and share it on their social channels. They're going to do all those other things that you want them to do. If you make amazing products, if you sell something that's an also ran, an average, boring, but good, why would somebody share that? You're competing in the the most difficult possible way. What we want to do is we want to combine all these strategies. We want to look, and I'm not giving these top strategies today. I don't want to go into, like I said, little tiny 1% strategies. When I look at clients' businesses, regardless if they're selling B2B, they're selling B2G, or they're direct to consumer, right? Most people don't do these things. These are very basic things that can really push you far forward. Let's look at actually selling a brand. Let's sell amazing products, premium products that absolutely destroy the competition so we can grow, so we can do something that's actually worth putting our effort, putting our energy, putting our time, putting our money, putting our personal value into instead of just looking at like, hey, what's a winning product or what's a trend right now? I hear that so often. It's such a garbage approach to growing a business is what's the trend right now? I can just jump on this next trend, this next trend. That's fantastic. But how do we create something that's iconic and lasting and scalable? We need to sell amazing products. You can sell them at a premium. And that way, all of what we're talking about, our average order value goes up. We can create a supporting skew for it. We can create supporting experiences around it. We can bundle it with other people's products because people love our brand. They respect what we're doing. We can do so many of these other strategies if we create a real business instead of just trying to create an opportunity in the market. So I want you to go out. I want you to look at your business or your go-to-market strategy right now. How will you use these strategies to scale? What additional products can you offer? Who can you collaborate with? How can you push people to purchase more of your products? You're not losing a ton of money on shipping. How can you bundle this up into an experience and sell that? And how can you facilitate, help people along the way, encourage them to refer your product out? My name is Callie Keen, and this has been End Hype.